You're listening to the Island Health Podcast from Mount Desert Island Hospital with Oka Hutchins. My name is Justin Starbird. We're coming to you from beautiful Bar Harbor, Maine, giving you tips on wellness, community, and service to help you live a more healthy life. Welcome back to the latest episode of Island Health. My name is Justin Starwart, and as always, I am joined by Oka Hutchins. Oka, it's been a little while since I talked to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Justin? Oh, man. I'm hoping that uh, summer arrives sometime soon here in Maine, and especially on the island. It has been, um, you know, gloomy for the last several weeks. So uh, today is the, the summer solstice. So, you know, hopefully the weekend turns out great, huh? Hopefully, everyone's saying, uh, you know, happy summer today, and it's raining on the island, but we'll take it. Right? I guess we'll we'll get what we can. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, there's nothing more fun than um, to, you know, talk about optimism in the summer, uh, as, especially here in Maine, as schools are just getting out and um, tourists are set to arrive. Uh, we get to talk about uh, new life today. Uh, let you introduce our our first uh, our guest today, um, Dr. Uh, Catherine Gassman. Yes. So uh, today we have Dr. Katie Gassman. She is a board certified family medicine physician specializing in family medicine with obstetrics, and she's also the medical director of the Lisa Stewart Women's Health Center here on MDI. Uh, welcome, Katie. Thank you. Great to be here. And it's great to have you. Thank you. So we're going to jump right in. Um, how did you first become interested in practicing family medicine with obstetrics? Um, I think when I went through my third year of medical school, I liked every specialty. So that's kind of how I fell into family medicine because I like doing everything. And then the first time I ever delivered a baby was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, getting to hold a, a new life is fantastic. So I thought that was just a really cool thing. So I went through family medicine residency in Texas and delivered more babies through there and really decided that I wanted that to be part of my practice. So I did an extra year out in Washington State at Tacoma Family Medicine in doing a OB fellowship where I did high-risk OB for a year and learned how to do C-sections and manage higher-risk, sicker patients. So then I would be able to better serve uh, rural areas like MDI and um, basically see almost any pregnant patient that comes through here. So um, practicing rural medicine here on MDI, is it what you expected and ha- how are you finding your your patient population? Is it pretty homogenous or does it, is it diverse? Uh, yeah, it's very diverse. Um, I was surprised at just the different variety of um, diseases that we see here that patients have and um, you know we are we have people from all over the world here and uh, all all different walks of life so it definitely keeps things interesting and that's the same with our um, obstetric population here you know we um, get all sorts of pregnant patients in various um, different stages of health so definitely keeps things interesting for us. Great. And what do you find most meaningful about your work in family practice with obstetrics? Um, I think um, the OB part is definitely my favorite. And like you said, you know, having the privilege of bringing a new life into the world is just a really 
great feeling and a great experience. And then the nice thing about family practice is that um, I can see pediatric patients, so I'm able to see the babies after they deliver and be their primary care and sort of watch them grow. And so it's just a great experience. And then getting to care for the, the whole family. So keeping, you know, moms usually stay patients with me and sometimes I see dads and older siblings and even grandparents. I have one family where I see four generations, which is great. So that's just well, that's mean for you, right? They never left. They get, to, they got to stay, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So let me ask you, what does, um, you know, can you define more of like, you know, you get to see the patients. At what point do, do, um, do patients start to engage with you? Pregnant patients or regular patients, I guess? Um, both. Let's start with the uh, pregnant patients or is it, you know, we have one, uh, do you do like preconception management? What is, what does that consist of? Yeah. So, um, we always try when um, a woman of reproductive age comes in for an appointment, we discuss what are her, um, you know, goals. Does she want to become pregnant soon? Um, does she, um, is she looking in the next few years? Does she want to never become pregnant and prevent pregnancy? So those are things that are, we all address. Um, if a patient is um, desiring to become pregnant, soon, um, then we start the sort of preconception counseling with them. So is this only for people who are ready to have a baby now, or what does some of that planning actually look like? So um, the planning can be for any woman of reproductive age, and um, we we try and ask it at every visit, um, and if they say, yes, I'm, I'm looking at... Um, maybe becoming pregnant in the next year or so or trying to get pregnant, then um, that's when we sort of um, go through all their history and medications and all that stuff and all the, the management. Right. Well, Oka, you know, you and I have talked to a couple of our guests over the last uh, few months about, you know, diet and, uh, you know, what foods to eat. And it seems to be, you know, especially here in our community, something that is on the forefront of, uh, people's minds and in all different, uh, you know, health capacities. You know, what do you? I guess one question I have for uh, for for you, Dr. Gasman, is you know, what does that look like uh, for your patients? Um, so definitely getting them um, to a healthy weight is very important for um, pregnancy. So um, if they're you know, overweight, um, we recommend, um, you know, sort of healthy fruits and vegetables, um, you know, whole grains, things like that. And um, we work with them and about um, trying to figure out what's the best way to help them get to a healthy weight. And same thing with our underweight patients. So, um, you know, increasing their calorie intake and um, getting more proteins and things like that in to just help be a, a healthy weight because um, that's one of the most important parts of pregnancy. What kinds of barriers do you see that people have to getting to a healthy weight? Um, I think it's uh, probably the access to the easy access to sort of junk food around 
the area and how easy it is to just eat processed food and um, how convenient it is. Um, we don't have a lot of time in our lives, so just picking out the, you know, the frozen dinner or whatever, the bag of chips is pretty easy, but, um, you know, getting, trying to teach people the healthy habits about um, cooking and exercise and making time for that and trying to get that to be a priority and finding sort of creative ways to to do those things is important. What, what kind of creative ways are you talking about? Are you, you going hiking? What are you... You, yeah, I think uh, we, we live on a great place to to um, exercise in. So whether or not that's um, going out to just walk your dog for half hour at night, um, going for a hike, swimming. We have tons of ponds. If you like to swim in the ocean, I mean, that can be a great form of exercise. Um, having a dance party in your office if you for five <laughs> minutes, that's a great, you know, sort of way I want to go to your office in. then. We don't yeah. Have any oh, yeah. We do them. We do them over here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, okay. Do you, do you yeah. have dance parties in your office? We oh. don't, but I, we might have to start, Katie. I don't know. It sounds yeah, like a pretty good thing. Yeah, Lisa Stewart. Sometimes yeah. they happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I want an invitation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, I love all of these ideas. How about vitamins and supplements? Are there specific things people should be taking, thinking about when they're, you know, yeah. looking at preconception management? So one of the most important things is um, women should start taking folic acid, so 400 micrograms of folic acid. And that is to help with um, basically the brain and spinal cord and just um, nervous system development. And um, it's that development happens pretty early in pregnancy. So a woman may not even know that she's pregnant yet while the nervous system's developing. So um, if she's already on the folic acid, that will definitely be beneficial. So we recommend all, all women thinking about getting pregnant start that. And even um, a lot of times the full dose is in prenatal. So a lot of times we'll tell women just to start taking a prenatal vitamin because that also has iron in it, which can be helpful, you know, having a higher iron level. Do you find a, a lot of a lot of women are low on iron? Um, I'd say about half of my patients that come in and they don't even realize it, but when we get their blood counts, yeah, we'll say that they're anemic and didn't even realize it. Seems pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are the, some of the other aspects of health that you consider when advising patients on preconception management? So um, we will go through their... Uh, medical history and talk about any sort of chronic diseases that they may have in the um, so that can include high blood pressure, diabetes, um, thyroid disease, depression, and we want to make sure that those are very all well controlled. So, you know, um, making sure high blood pressure is at a um, they're on proper meds that are will help bring that pressure down, and that their thyroid is at a, a normal level. Um, if they're diabetic, having their their A1C be um, lower. And so um, that, those are important. And then we go through um, all of your medications and make sure that if you were to get pregnant, that they would not, um, the medications would not harm the baby, especially those first few weeks of development. So um, if there's anything you're on that could be uh, teratogenic for the baby, then we would um, consider either lowering the dose or switching to another, an alternative medicine. Um, and then we, um, a lot of times we'll go through your 
vaccination record and make sure you're up to date in all your vaccines because um, there are some vaccines that you should not get when you're pregnant. And um, if you were to get those diseases um, during pregnancy, it would be harmful for the baby. So we want to make sure that you're up to date on all your vaccinations. Um, and then um, we also go through your um, employment history basically and make sure you're not in a job that you're exposed to sort of any sort of environmental chemicals or anything like that that can be harmful. So basically the, the preconception, you know, visit is to make sure that you're the healthiest you can be. Uh, well, no, that's, a good, we that's a good practice for just about anybody though too, no? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, the other big thing that we do is um, talk about your tobacco, alcohol, and drug use. So um, if you are planning to get pregnant, um, we recommend that you um, obviously stop smoking, um, stop drinking alcohol, and um, don't do any, no drug use. And is there a time frame that you recommend for safety for people for smoking and alcohol? You know, it's like six months before or like the more than that, I mean, is there a kind of a minimum that you recommend? Um, no, I mean, I feel, well, smoking, you know, smoking, like never gonna smoking is good for yeah. <laughs> all aspects of your health. So as soon as you can do that, I think the better. Um, you know, alcohol use, if you um, are in the middle of trying, it'd be good to stop taking it because we don't, we don't know how alcohol affects the fetus. So, right. um, you know, early on. So, yeah, if you're if you're trying to get pregnant, you should not be drinking. So let's put you in an impossible spot. So you've given us a checklist of you know things we should do for our or not me, but you know for well, I guess it is for the men too, right? Because yeah, I mean, the men have to you know, participate for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and and, be, and participate in a healthy lifestyle as well. Um, right. So it's it's not just uh, for the woman. So right. with that said, though, let, let's put you in an impossible spot and pick what is the one thing that Ooh. you that if you had to choose uh, for patients to prepare for conception, what would that be? Ooh, the one thing, um, take your folic acid. Yeah. 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 So, so elaborate smoking. on that a little bit. <laughs> a, a little bit. <laughs> Full of gas and stuff. Like, okay. Yeah. So we'll so allow it. One, yeah. one, okay. One, one A, one B. Yeah. Um, so with the folic acid, though, you know, if you're still trying, you're saying in the first two weeks of, of conception, it's important even at that point. So should, is that something that, that women of, of, of age should, should be on anyway? Or, um, you know, if they're in discussion about, you know, having having children? Yeah, so that's why, you know, if a woman of reproductive age comes in for just a, a general physical or um, another um, complaint, at, you know, at one of our health centers, um, we do try and ask that. What are your plans um, for conception? Are you trying? Are you not trying? If you are, then, yeah, I do recommend that you or planning to start trying the next you know, year or so, I do recommend that you start on folic acid. That's good advice. And um, so one thing I've been wondering about, there's mm -hmm. been a lot in the news recently about um, the need for increased focus on maternal health during and after pregnancy, and especially in the U.S. Is this something that you're seeing a need for with your patients? Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of times 
we have to what we have to realize is we have two patients when you have a pregnant patient. We have mom right. and we have baby. And so a lot of focus does go on the baby. How are they, you know, doing inside mom? How you know, are they growing appropriately? Things like that. And I feel like sometimes, you know, maybe the mother's needs go on the back burner a little bit if there's a problem with the baby. But it's important that we do you know, we're watching mom's blood pressure. We're watching how her feel, how she feels, and um, we're watching her mental health because that is really important in pregnancy. Um, you know, depression can sort of sneak up on you, and um, when you're when you don't realize it, or some anxiety. So making sure that that's well taken care of with mom. So that's why we see you so often when you're pregnant. That's why you have so many prenatal visits. It's it's um, you know to keep an eye on on mom and make sure that she's she's doing okay through all of this um and afterwards too i mean you have especially if this is your first baby or you have several young children at home um that can be overwhelming so um you know postpartum anxiety and depression are real things and we see them actually quite often in our patients so checking in afterwards and making sure that they're doing okay that they're well supported by their family and partners and um if they don't feel well supported, how can we help them? And there's some great. Yeah, that's, um, that's a tough one. With the with that, yeah. sorry, I just have a question about that. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. You know, as it goes, and um, you know, sometimes it's tough to talk about those things. Um, it is, and especially especially if they don't feel supported, or or as you said, you know, depression can sneak up on you. It can sneak up on anybody, and mm-hmm. so uh, there's no way to necessarily prepare for that. So, like, what kind of resources do you give, or how do you how do you help identify that, and then um, and if not explicitly give them the tools, you know, you implicitly are able to point them in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so we always, um, you know, we always check in on moms a few weeks after they deliver. You, that's, uh, we have you come in for the, the postpartum visit and, um, we'll talk to you about how your, how your mood has been and how, how things are going with the baby. And that's, that's a big part of the visit. Um, and, um, if you are, it, if you do feel like you're struggling, we have um, some great postpartum groups actually in the area, um, sort of postpartum support groups that a, a lot of our moms do attend, which is a great resource. Um, and, um, you know, if, if things, if symptoms are really severe, um, you know, we, we, we may start you on a antidepressant and um, I know our behavioral health department is great too, and they're always willing to help. And there's there's great counselors that can be helpful with that. So there's a lot of great resources in the area. So I I notice, and I wonder if you notice this, that a lot of women don't seem to put the focus on themselves. And um, is this something in pregnancy that you find happens more often? And if so, how do you address it? Yeah, I feel, uh, especially after moms deliver, um, their focus is 100% on their their new baby, and they they do neglect sort of themselves and and self-care, which is understandable, but um, it can lead to more anxiety and depression. So we encourage moms to, you know, try and focus a little bit of time on themselves. So, you know, trying to get as much rest as they can, which is hard but you know sleeping while the baby sleeps is you know important and um you know if they are if they find exercise is a great stress relief for them um trying to find a half hour an hour a day where they can um 
pass the baby off to their partner or another family member just to hold for while well, they can go exercise and um, go for a run, whatever, however helpful that may be. Um, and, you know, resuming um, a healthy diet that will, that will be helpful to just make them feel better. And so just taking a little bit of time to focus on themselves is important. Is that do you do do you help um like the partner like you know uh, like show them signs for those types of things or you know or do you do you give resources there? Yeah, um, a lot of um like our postpartum groups are um open to to the partner as well, um and yeah we we often talk to them about how how can you be supporting the new mom you know what kind of things you know. Can you give the baby a bottle while mom, you know, can go spend a little time by herself? And so we we do sort of counsel the the partners as well. That's great. And do you find that uh, the partners are generally receptive to that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think you know I often feel that uh, new partners are not quite sure. You know, they feel a little bit helpless because they, you know, babies completely focused on mom so right you know I think they're always willing to sort of jump in and say oh what, what can I do and so yeah giving them a job is always a good thing right okay so how about social connections are these important to maintain even though a woman and her partner might be so busy you know after um, giving birth is this something that you recommend that people work on absolutely yeah I think um, you know maintaining your friendships throughout pregnancy and afterwards are are definitely going to help your mental health. Um, so, you know, having friends come over every once in a while is great for you. Um, a lot of women actually that we know of pregnant patients are all sort of friends with each other. So <laughs> there's a lot of, I know, um, moms and babies getting together, which I think is great. So. Yeah. I remember going through that. That was one of the big things was, uh, the mom's groups afterwards and you know in fact we we made several friends that we still stay in touch with as a result of uh, those types of groups so i i gotta believe that those are really important yeah and babies you know especially little babies are portable so you can kind of bring them anywhere which is a nice thing and they seem <laughs> to make a lot of nice uh you know carriers that they didn't used to have too right exactly yeah. all kinds They're of like high-tech stuff yeah right like an accessory <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, Katie, if a if a woman or, or her and her partner want to go about scheduling a preconception consultation with you, how how would they go about that? Um, well, they can do it in various forms. Um, you know, if they wanted to just come in for their yearly physical, that is a great time that we can talk through all of these things. Um, or if they've already had their physical that year, but they do have questions about their health or they're considering getting pregnant, um, they're welcome to just make a preconception visit with. Um, we have three great OB providers here, me, uh, Tana Larson, or uh, Grace Price. So any of those people, any of us would be happy to talk to, to anyone considering getting pregnant. Um, Tiana and I work at the Women's Health Center and then uh, Dr. Price works out at um, Community, Community Health Center Community. in Southwest. Southwest, that's great. 
And so can do you see patients that aren't your primary care patients for preconception management, or is it generally someone that, you know, you would stay with your primary care provider for, for this? No, I mean, I think any, probably any primary care provider could provide preconception counseling, but um, we are happy to see anybody. So if you want um, preconception counseling from an OB provider, we're happy to do it for you. That's great. And we're happy to see you after you get pregnant. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure it doesn't hurt to see the little babies coming either. Oh, absolutely. That's one of our favorites as well. Right. Is there anything else that we didn't cover today that that, um, that you'd like to share with the community? Um, MDI Hospital is a great place to have a baby. We have a wonderful little um, labor and delivery suite and... Um, wonderful nurses, wonderful providers. So I highly um, recommend delivering here. Great. Um, Oka, did we miss anything? No, we didn't. I think it's wonderful. And and I agree with Katie. Our um, our OB suite is amazing. Our nurses up there are mm-hmm. so caring. And um, I've had the pleasure to work with them on you know, several jobs, not not hospital related, <laughs> but um, they're, they're really wonderful people. And, and I know that people feel so supported here. So thank you, Katie, for all the work that you do. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for joining this, this episode of Island Health with Oka and I. This has been a lot of fun and really enlightening. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. No problem. So until next time. This has been the latest episode of the Island Health Podcast. On behalf of my co-host, Oka Hutchins, thank you for listening. As always, to listen to other episodes of Island Health, go to mdihospital.org and scroll over the About Us tab on our menu. Until next time, my name is Justin Starford. Be well.